Episode 37, Looking Good, Feeling Good. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And this week, we are going to be continuing our small group series, going through our book, Stripped Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage. Yep. Um, We hope you guys are enjoying the first couple of classes we've had. We we took the week off from the book last week to... uh, do our anniversary podcast on our 60 days of sex challenge and uh, have to say it seems like it really struck a chord yeah with quite a few of you out there awesome um we have had a higher than normal um set of emails and facebook posts where you guys are sharing that you're doing this yeah i i know of at least three couples that are going for the 60 days a couple of them are, uh, we've and had a couple, couple emails from people that are doing the seven days yep. um, and not just here in the States, but also internationally. So we're, we're quite excited um, about this reaching international levels. I mean, we knew about that from uh, when we did do the seven days of sex challenge, but there have just been some amazing comments about what, what you're finding, what you're experiencing as you're doing this. Yep. Um, if you want to you know, connect with people that are attempting these challenges, log on to our Facebook fan page. Uh, you'll start to see in the comments there. Um, are there comments on the, on the website, the one extraordinary marriage? Uh, a couple of folks, one, one couple actually posted in our announcement of the seven days. Okay. So it's, it's back there. It's back there. But, and, and for those of you who are going, well, I don't know, should I do it? Should I not? If you're looking at the seven days, we have it up on the site. We have the seven days that we ran through in June. Follow each day. Go for it. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. If you're on the fence and you're not too sure, stick with us because in February, we're going to do our second annual seven days of sex. Yeah. Feet it's, under the sheet. Oh, you've already got a name for it. Yeah, that just came out. Oh, okay. I'm head. like, wow, we haven't discussed that. I like that. Um, That's sort of cool. It's sort of cool. We might, you know, we might be able to work with that. <laughs> but it's just, it's been exciting it to hear in, in the last week since we podcast, um, just how many of you are saying, you know what, we want to try this. You for, guys are doing. For different, I mean, we've, we've got one couple out there that has even thrown down the gauntlet that they're going to try and beat our 40 days out of 60. Yeah. And, and when they do, they can come on here and talk to we'd us. We'd love about to hear about it. Hopefully. They can, they can teach us a thing or two. Well, I mean, we, we kind of had that whole week of illness and migraines that sort of. Yeah. That that was not that I'm making excuses, but that was really kind of one of those. Yeah. That, that, that was derailments. A, that was a derailment of our, uh, of our efforts there for sure. But for those of you that are doing this this time of year, uh, we would love to hear more of your comments as your adventure continues. Um, I know and and com- don't forget, there, there are other couples out there that would love to hear it too. Share. I mean, share because what you're doing is is not normal. And that's <laughs> that's sort of the cool part about it. I mean, and you're not normal and, and you're breaking the trends. And I was going to say, I'd like to consider that it's it's creating a new normal. Couples, it is creating it's creating a new, a new normal. You know, it's couples that are saying, you know what, we don't have to be the stereotypical, you know, sex once a month, once a week. We are going to, you know, shake things up and make our marriage stronger by folks. We're creating a new normal here, guys. Mm-hmm. We are. And, you know, 
embrace it. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and share it as you start to grow in that experience, share it with your friends, encourage them to listen to the podcast and, and, you know, get connected in this community where we do put intimacy in our marriage. That's right. First and foremost. So thank you. Thank you all for sharing that you're doing this too. It gives us encouragement that, um, we're not the only ones who would do something like this. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened this week? A lot. We had a, the, so we had those last couple of weeks where we get on to the section. We're like, yeah, it's been kind of a mellow week. Da, da, da. Okay. Well, not this week. <laughs> no. And, and another thing we're trying to do too, is we're trying to keep a little bit better tabs on what's happened, what's happening during our week. So we, when we get behind the mics, we can sort of rehash it and not be like, Oh, what's going on. So we, we do have some notes that we're starting to keep, um, just so we know what's happening. So it's my planning husband that came up with that idea. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what do we got going on here? So Monday, man, it's just been a week of kids bickering. I didn't look on the calendar. We had a full moon. They they just have been going at their throats this week and it's been driving Elise and I a little bit nutty at times. And so we're still working. Understatement. We're working with those guys and, um, gosh, for all of you out there who have kids and, and know what we're going through, uh, I'm praying for you and please pray for us because you, you know, the kids can have a, a huge impact on our intimacy and can really derail it and throw it into a tailspin. So it's just one of those areas that Elise and I are constantly working on. And I noticed when, when things are going on with the kids, it really takes us longer to get physically intimate with each other. I just feel that there's this time that needs to be spent talking. Even if it's not about the kids, it just feels like we need to just sort of, just sort of talk a little bit more, you know, let things out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's, that's all I got with that. That's all you got with that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's a, it, it's, it's been, tough. it's been a struggle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is actually right before we came on the air. Um, Tony very lovingly, you know, shared with me how I'd been acting. Um, probably the, well, I'll say the last few days, but it's probably been longer than that. And, um, you know, just critical and negative and in a very loving way, just said, you know what, we're starting to walk on eggshells around you because we don't know when you're gonna, when you're going to blow or when you're going to, you know, jump on us for doing something that's seemingly harmless. And I have to tell you, well, it's not easy to hear that. Um, and to hear that he and Alex were praying for me during their prayer time. And actually when I was praying with Abby, uh, tonight before bed, we were praying for me too, because this is something that I'm struggling with right now. And I share it with all of you for a couple of reasons. One, um, because we have a commitment to be transparent to you on this podcast to let you know that we are not a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. We are not perfect parents. I actually had a dear sweet girlfriend. We were talking about um, the podcast and what's been going on the last couple of years. And, and she's like, well, it just seems like when you talked about this, that I, mean, I was thinking you guys must have such a perfect marriage. And I'm like, oh my gosh, let me tell you all about the warts. Well, this is a big wart for me. And 
you know, it, it kind of goes in waves and it's, it does. Some days I'm not. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think sometimes I handle it better and then it just seems to build up and I seem to be in a rut where everything is problematic. Everything is wrong. Everything is, mm-hmm. uh, it is negative. Yeah. And we're getting tired of it. Fair enough. Huh? Fair enough. And so. Um, and I understand you're going to go through times that you're going to be a little more stressed out. I just don't understand what you're stressed out about. I I don't even know if I have an answer to that. I, I, it's not necessarily that I feel an outward stress. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for that right now. Okay. Um, I just have to say that it is something I'm working on. It is something I am incredibly conscious of. I mean, it actually came up in part of the sermon at church last night and it is something I am trying to let go. It is a, did you write that on the paper? I did. Amen. I did. I actually wrote down, um, (laughs) since you don't know what the paper is last night at church, um, we, pastor Harry was talking about, you know, those things that we need to let go of and let God take control, Let God take control. And so he asked us on this cross, you know, basically saying how, at the cross, Jesus took all of these things mm-hmm. for us and from us. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted us to write down whatever, whatever's trapping us, whatever is making us feel imprisoned. He was talking about Paul being in prison in Philippians. And um, so I did. I wrote down negativity and I wrote down anger and I wrote down control. And those were the things I put on that cross mm-hmm. um, because those are my three biggest struggles. And, you know, I do see it with the kids and I see it with you. And so when you talk about the fact that it takes more for us to be intimate, I know that that is because I have those things going on and I'm working through them and it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I handle better on some days than others. And we happen to be in a time right now where I'm not handling it very well. Right. So... That's it just puts a damper on everybody in the family. So it's like you said, I, I came to you lovingly um, because it does. It's just today there are a number of times when Alex and I were laughing, having a good time, and you were just on us. And it was like for seemingly nothing. And so. I think, uh, you know, he and I were both just sort of like, oh, my goodness, what's up with mom? Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll keep working on it. We'll work on it. And so if, if you guys have issues or things that you know that are detracting you and derailing you from the intimacy you so desire, you know, talk to your spouse. I mean, Elisa wouldn't have known if, if Elisa wouldn't have known as big of, if this was as big of an issue, if I didn't confront her about it. And I wouldn't even say you were confrontational. No, I, no, no, I wasn't, I, I'm not confrontational. I mean, but I still confronted you. I still had okay, to, I, mm-hmm. I still had to uh, take action and, and approach you right. about it. And so if, if there's something that's, that's heavy and 
you need to start talking about it. Start taking those steps because it's only through those steps that we just continue to work through some of these difficult times. And, you know, it's not like today we're having this talk or we're talking over the mics and it's going to just be all hunky dory. I mean, it's not like, Oh, one can only wish, (laughs) you know, one thing that Elise and I do know is that these issues, we don't let them linger the the conversation and being approached by our spouse doesn't linger for days on end. I mean, we talk about it, we hug, we kiss, and we start moving forward. And we hopefully are working together towards whatever one of us is going through. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would say for those of you who are just sitting out there going, geez, I, I have this on my mind and I, I need to confront my wife or husband or husband. And, and chances are, um, very much like me when Tony brought this up tonight, I, I know it's a problem. And so mm-hmm. I let him have his, I let him have his say. And I just, I just listened. I didn't get defensive because chances are if you've got behavior, that's, detracting from your marriage you know you're doing it so you need to be willing and open and able to hear the truth Mm -hmm. because chances are if your spouse is bringing it up to you it's become a big enough problem that it can't be overlooked and so i encourage you to give your spouse their say because they are coming to you in love Mm mm-hmm you know, Tony didn't come to me tonight to <laughs> beat me down or, you know, to get in my face. Uh, you guys know by now that that's probably, you know, you've probably figured out that that's not his personality as it is. But, you know, think about it. I'm, I'm exhibiting behaviors that are not helping our ma- marriage or our family. And you can have a couple different reactions to that. And I, I just, I want to thank Tony on air for, handling it in a spirit of love Mm -hmm. so that I don't feel attacked. There's no reason for me to go on the defensive. He's just saying, you know what? This is not working right now. This is not working in our family and I'm not going to, you know, beat a dead horse. But those of you out there that are wrestling with issues, whether it's anger or negativity or control or, uh, you know, overcommitted, whatever those things are, that you're wrestling with. If your spouse comes to you this week and says, Hey, you know what? I was listening to Tony and Lisa and I think we just need to talk about these things or this particular issue. Please just listen. Yeah. Listen and know that they wouldn't come to you if they didn't love you so much and wanted this to get better. Mm -hmm. You know, and for those of you out there that are going, Oh my gosh, I can totally relate to what Elisa's saying. Know that you are not alone. Um, and, be willing to share this. Yeah. You know, share it with other moms, share it with your spouse. Um, if you're a guy, share it with your buddies, but don't let these things fester inside because that's a problem that I think so many of us have. And we've talked about it before is you put this mask on that everything's great. And inside you feel like crud. Yeah. And so take off the mask, find find yourself a good accountability partner, somebody you can just talk to. And uh, to air yourself out if you need to. Um, obviously, we believe that it should be your spouse, but there are just times when you need 
You need another ear. A same-sex ear. A same-sex ear. Amen to that. Yes. No commingling here, folks. That does not that does not happen. Sorry. And if you are in something like that, you need to end it. So, on a lighter note. Can we talk about your reaction to my shoes? Yeah. We can. Uh, and Thursday. <laughs> so, Thursday, we... Um, Thursday was a really good day. And... Uh, Did we have sex that day? No. Oh. It was oh, a really oh, good well. day without sex. All right. We have those. When do we have sex during the day? Friday. That was Friday? During, wasn't it Friday? <clears throat> um, no, because you went to a dentist appointment on Friday morning. Oh, that was Tuesday. Oh, it was Tuesday morning. Yes, uh, that it was, was a good day. Tuesday was a good day. <laughs> but Thursday was a good day too. <laughs> sure. We had an unexpected date day. Oh, that's right. We did. Hello. You've got the notes in front of you. <laughs> I wasn't reading. The, I didn't read all that part. So... On Thursday, um, it just kind of, I don't know, the stars aligned because one of Abby's friends asked to take her swimming after school. So we ended up not having her around for lunchtime. And so we got to go out to lunch together, which when the kids are home never happens. And so they're back in school. And then Thursday night was back to school night and we carpooled with some very good friends of ours. Um, and we were leaving and they're like, want to go grab a bite to eat? How does this have anything to do with shoes? I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. You lost me. So I'm hoping our listeners are still on with us. Sorry. I was talking about the unexpected date day. Okay. Unexpected. And then I'll get to the shoes because that's okay. pretty funny. So we just decided, you know what? The kids are with, you know, our friend's grandmother. All the kids are playing together. We're going to take an extra 45 minutes and go grab dinner. Dinner. And so it was just a very nice, we got two meals, um, Two dates, yeah, in the same day. It was kind of crazy. It was fun. No we, sex, we just but made, two dates. We just, yeah, we made it happen. I mean, lunch was one of those things where I was in the home office working on some stuff for a couple of the businesses, and we just said, you know what, let's go grab some some lunch. And we tried a new little Greek place, uh, a little bit from our place, actually closer than a couple of the other ones. But this is a this is like a real Greek place, not Daphne's, not a chain, not a chain, and it was good. And the service was Phenomenal. unbelievably fast. I mean, by the time, from the time we ordered to the time we got our food, it was like three minutes. Yeah. I'm going to time them next time. I mean, it was so fast. It was so good. Well, and and what's that place the called? The, the Greek, Greek Corner Cafe. Greek Corner Cafe in uh, Carmel Mountain Ranch. Carmel Mountain Ranch for those of you in the San Diego area. Great little place. And it, it was fun. I mean, we just had a wonderful time. I mean, we really did. We sat down and we just talked about some of our are things that are just going on mm-hmm. and it's just weird. I mean, sometimes I, I think it's, it's like the oddest thing about marriage. Sometimes it's like you can have a day like Thursday where we're just having a good time. Everything is just, I mean, we had a, a wonderful lunch. The kids came home. I was out. I had to do my work in the afternoon, came back. We got everybody together, got them over to uh, Matt and Belinda's went to open house or back to school night you know, we had a fantastic dinner with them and then you go two days later and it's like, or even a day later and you're just like, really, what the heck just happened? Mm-hmm. And the more and more we do what we do and talk about what we talk about, it, I become more and more aware of, my goodness, if you don't watch out, I mean, you could just, you could really be riding these highs and lows 
and just going crazy mm-hmm. because you're constantly either on a high or a low and you're not like just sort of like coasting along a little bit, you know, and that coasting part is sort of a nice little place to be because it's just, it's, it's a good place. Well, and it's, it's also tempering the highs and the lows to say, yeah. you know what? Okay. I mean, today is not, has been far from a great day. And I had a great bike ride. Uh, it's Sunday. Of course you had a great bike ride. <laughs> um, but because we know where we are in our marriage, we know that, you know, we temper, we temper the highs and the lows and don't ride that emotional roller coaster. It's not like, oh, things are bad today. They're really, really bad. You know, th- right. this is, you know, world's coming to an end. Or when it's high, it's like, this is the most phenomenal thing that's ever, you know. And so it's, even though we have great days and we have lousy days, we don't tie so much emotion right. into those days so that we're constantly up or down, you know. You, you ride the emotions instead of mm-hmm. just saying, you know what, this is a long haul. There are going to be good days and bad days onto the shoes. So I'm doing mm-hmm. some fall cleaning, um, cleaning out our garage. And so I was just, you know, cause Tony, I am a slob by nature. I will say this on the air. My mother who listens to the podcast periodically is probably applauding and saying, I knew it. I knew it since she was four. You are. Um, <laughs> I, I just, there, I, there's stuff everywhere at times. It, it's just ridiculous. It's, uh, yes. There are piles I don't even understand what the piles have to do with anything other than they all belong like in a trash bag and donated. So that's what I was trying to do because you got mad because all the shoes were not in the shoe closet. And well, that is a daily occurrence right. on all of you guys. So because I was each of you have like 10 pairs of shoes for some reason. I'm a shoe hog. Love the shoes. And I never pay full price because I love the thrift stores. And so I have yeah. lots of great shoes, but I buy them all very inexpensively right no and so I'm, they were I'm okay spilling with out that of, they were but if you would just shoe. put them away it would help they were spilling out of the shoe closets no, no they weren't spilling out they were all over I no mean, there were still some in the shoe closet this is my story like a couple of pairs maybe okay it's just it just it's 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 one of tony's ridiculous peeves anyhow he I, said i need i need an office could eventually. you please could you please pick up the shoes? And I said, okay, that's fine. He requested I can pick up the shoes. And so I'm going through and I'm like, oh, I don't wear those shoes anymore. Oh, I haven't really worn those shoes. And so I have a pile of shoes. I'm like, you know, time to donate or try and sell or whatever. And he comes out into the garage and he looks at this, you know, the shoes are all cleaned up. There's no shoes in front of the shoe closet. Right. And then he looks over and he's like, well, what are you doing with those shoes? Because unbeknownst to me, his absolute favorite pair of my shoes get that his favorite pair of my shoes was on top of the get rid of pile. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing with those? And I said, well, I haven't been wearing them. I'm going to get rid of them. He says, Oh no, 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 no. Those are my favorite pair of shoes. They are. You should wear them to bed more often. (laughs) Can we post a picture of my shoes up on the, sure. uh, Okay. I'll take take a picture. I'll take a picture. I'll put it. I'll put some anyhow. So it's really funny that like this one extra pair of shoes that I, I'm not particularly in love with, but apparently it's my husband's favorite pair of shoes. I can't get rid of them. I think you look hot in them. I appreciate that. I, I, I think I have so, a shoe fetish. There are certain shoes that you wear that I just love. I, okay. think th- I think they just make you look sexy. They make you look They make you look slim. When you walk, your bottom just moves right. I just dig it. So needless to say, if these pair of shoes are on the floor, I'm probably okay. <laughs> well, no, no. They, they still need to be in their place or they need to be worn. So either on my feet or in the closet. Yes. Got it. Okay. And, and you can wear them to bed anytime you want. All right. Well, keep that in mind. 
<laughs> Although I find it very uncomfortable to wear shoes in bed. But it's... I'm, it, just, I'm just giving you a hard time. I know what it's for. It is a visual <gasps> visual thing for, for me. Guy, I, I get it. I get it. You know? It's one of those, let's change it up a little bit. Well, we'll get to that tonight. Okay. We're actually, we're talking about that. I do, Are we? I do want to give a shout out to, um, to Julie at Intimacy and Marriage. Yes. She, our very good friend, Julie, posted this very wonderful review of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of her, did she do it as a blog post or did she just put it up on her site or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go to intimacyandmarriage.com. You know what? I'll just have a link here in the show notes and you guys can go over to it and, um, you know, Julie doesn't have to say what she said. Um, it's just very much appreciated to to get feedback on Strip Down, and uh, we just love it. And we'll be we'll be plugging it out there. And for all of you that like David Letterman, she did do it in you know like the David Letterman countdown style. So it's just it's a fun read. Yeah. Um, and she even says in there she doesn't get anything for plugging the book, but um, just wanted her to to thank her to thank her for doing that because um, we appreciate the support. Yeah. We did get a specific question mm-hmm. this week from Mary in Australia who did the seven days of sex challenge. Uh, I Different don't Mary? Think, no, no. It's the same Mary. I don't think they completed it. Remember Mary got she sick. She got sick, but they, I'm sure she'll they be attempted doing, it. I, yeah, I'm sure she'll be on board with us again. They attempted it and they were very cute because of the timeline and whatnot. They were always a day ahead of us. And so she, yeah, that, that was the, yeah, cause they're 16 <laughs> hours ahead of us. So it was very funny when we were getting started and I, I just remember one of her early posts talking about, well, I'm actually starting today, even though you haven't officially started yet because of the whole time zone thing. But, um, Mary and her husband are getting ready to celebrate their first anniversary this week. Yay, Yay for you guys. Happy anniversary. Um, from all of us here at one and she said what advice would you give people in the early stage of marriage to lay the to lay foundations and being almost 14 years into this crazy little thing called marriage yep elise and i have one month and then we'll be at 14 years Woohoo! yeah unbelievable hard to believe it's you know in some respects it seems like it's been a long time in other respects i i I'm amazed that it's been 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's kind of funny how the last works. two years have been the best. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> I would agree with that. Okay. I would agree All right. That. So let's get back to, so what are the good, what, what's some advice we can give people in early stage of marriage to lay a foundation, talk, communicate. Um, I, it goes to a lot of what we say. I think you have to make all of the intimacies a priority. Mm-hmm. And you you have to work on them. You can't just say, you know what, we're just going to wing it yeah. until something happens. Um, I think a lot of the problems, the big problems in marriages could be avoided if people said, you know what, we're like, going to educate ourselves on like finances, on finances. We're going to religion edu- come together on in-laws, you know, the, the big ones, you know, religion, in-laws, finances, but even discussing your sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you want? What, what works for both of you discussing, right. you know, a lot of the topics that we bring in our, up in our book and some of the ones we're going to talk about tonight. Um, we're talking about get physical and, uh, dress it up, finding, you know, making your spouse a priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are always going to be things, um, that are going to pull you apart or they're going to attempt to pull you apart. There are going to be other obligations on your time, but if you make intimacy with your spouse a priority 
if you build that foundation early in your marriage, that I think is going to be something that will serve you well throughout the life of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, and it really, it really goes back to a lot of the keys that we talk about in the book, you know, have your priorities in order, communicate, you know, develop those financial plans, develop, um, your physical intimacy, develop all of these different things, make your bedroom a sanctuary, do these different things so that you know that that person is number one and that, that you are number one for them. Yep. Rock solid foundation. Mm-hmm. I, I think from the guy and, and I'm going to bring it up from a guy's side of the point of view. Uh, for those of you who are early in your marriage, one to five years and you're a guy uh, I'm assuming you're listening to this because um, you're way ahead of of where I was when I was in those early years of marriage. And I think as a guy, we tend to get married and all of a sudden we think, oh, well, my wife's just going to take care of all that stuff. And we just plop on the couch and our clothes go in the dirty clothes pile and we want her to do our laundry, want her to do our make our dinners and and it's like our wife all be- all of a sudden becomes our mom and you know that that has to change and i will say firsthand that was one of my biggest mistakes uh, i think i just sort of walked in just going well we're married and elise is going to take care of all this stuff and unbeknownst to me you know that that was an irritant for her because now all she has is a guy living with her who's just sort of on the couch drinking a beer watching football and expecting her to do everything. And so as a guy, I think we need to just realize that uh, our spouses, these beautiful women that we have courted for months and years and have walked down the aisle with and said, I do's want more than just a roommate. And I, I think the way that we're able to show that is by, talking through this stuff with them and, and just finding out what is going on. What, what are their desires? What, what's bothering them? What ways can we help around the house? Um, is it fun? No. Is it worth it? Yes. I mean, if you want a marriage that's going to last, you're going to build a strong foundation. You're going to be truthful. You're going to be honest. And I would hope if you're early in your marriage, man, you're not making the mistakes that Lisa and I did about lying to each other and holding things back. Um, man, just, I, I would attack these things now. And if you need help or you need somebody in between you while you're talking through some of this stuff, again, Elise and I always, always say look towards counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not comfortable within your own church, uh, seek counsel outside of your church. Um, you guys know that Dr. Corey Allen sponsored the last two episodes and he is always available for that sort of stuff. So to me, it's a lot of it has to be the communication in all forms of intimacy because it's not just one for us guys. It's all, all sometimes all it's about is sexual and we really need to be honing in on the emotional and the intellectual I think a great way to break out of all of them is by being in your recreational intimacy, by just doing something fun together, even if it's walking, 
I mean, raise your heart rate up. Get get out there. Exercise together. Push each other a little bit. Go after a goal together. Sign up for a 5K or a 10K that you guys can do together. Be a team together. Be proud of yourselves. And 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 while you're going through it, you're, you're encouraging each other and helping each other along. Um, and guys, don't make it a competition. I, I've done that too. And, and that's not good. It's not fun. So. It's um, not fun. Man, that's been our week. It's been a hell of a week. And then we had a great church service last night. So, yeah, it's been a good week. I think we better jump into our book, though, now. Well, you kind of started talking about it, though. I did. With the uh, whole, you know, get out and do something together. Get, get, you know, take a walk. Do do something physical. And that's actually where we're going to start tonight with Get Physical. It's um, chapter nine in the book. And this is talking all about recreational active recreational intimacy and we put this chapter in the book um it it is the only one that deals with recreational intimacy it's one of those areas that i think oftentimes gets overlooked oh yes um because i don't necessarily know how many people realize how being physical ties into our intimacy how it really plays a part being physical as in activity as in an activity not yes. sexual physical intimacy i'm talking right. about being physical getting out and moving your body in some way shape or form um i guess it's about two years ago now that i started taekwondo just about yes. two years ago and prior to having kids um christmas of 1990 i was never an athletic child little backstory never you know i played a couple years of t-ball but that was about it um tony and i met we did a little hiking that first summer yeah just wasn't very physical and so the christmas of 1998 um i got the hiking themed christmas (laughs) where (laughs) from me her beloved uh, yes my dear sweet husband of two years gave me a pair of hiking boots and a guide to the um, hiking trails in Southern California and a fanny pack water bottles. And um, I think that was probably it. It was enough to get a good laugh out of the family, but we started hiking and did some amazing adventures over the next couple of years here in Southern California. Uh, We went up to the Sierras Got we you out of your comfort zone. Totally got me out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I was quite uncomfortable on a lot of those hikes. Um, partly because it took us a while to learn how to lighten our backpack loads. So we right. were carrying entirely too much. Um, but I accomplished some things doing that that I would have never done if Tony hadn't pushed me to do them. I mean, we summited the three highest peaks in Southern California together. We had days where we'd go out and we'd hike 20 mile days. Um, I still remember doing that one in Cleveland National where we came back. And I just remember sitting in the Carl's Jr. afterwards just like stuffing our face because we couldn't believe we'd done. Oh, that long hike. That, yeah. was that, that was that night or that was that hike when we lost the trail and remember it and you were stepping through. No, no, no. This was a day hike. Oh, that was a day hike? That was a day hike. Do you remember the one with all the rattlesnakes? Uh, yeah, that I tell that story quite a bit. So we're. I actually told Alex about that tonight. Oh. He's going to ask you about he's that. He's going to ask me about that. That was a crazy one. We lost the trail. 
Well, we were hiking after an El- we had had an El Nino year. Right. And well, so the trail the was tr- overgrown in some spots. Well, yeah, but I don't think they'd also I don't think they had been maintaining that trail either. Mm-hmm. And so as we're climbing up this ridge, we're trying to get to this ridge. And I'm just like forging ahead and I'm like, come on, Elisa, you need to get moving. And she takes this one step and all of a sudden rattlesnakes just start going off. Yeah. Um, talk and, about- and, and I'm sitting maybe, oh, 20, 30 feet of, in front of her. Higher up on the. Higher up. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to go down because I don't really want to get bitten by a rattlesnake so i'm standing up high on a rock i think i was on a rock at one point and you were up above me I and, and i remember yeah. just sort of going okay honey and, and, and elisa is just like in i'm petrified petri- i mean she is just like frozen solid doesn't want to move and i'm trying to coerce her to just keep on walking towards me and every time you're taking a step mm-hmm. remember like another rattlesnake would start rattling. yeah i was like okay i've got to figure out how to get away from freaky, these guys because yeah. i couldn't see them yeah and I know there were a couple. Um, yeah, that was that was not exactly. You weren't happy. That I was night. not happy. That yeah. yeah. I remember when we got back to the car that day. You weren't. You I weren't was like, too I'm pleased. never doing this again. Of course, we were out the next weekend. But, um, but we also, you know, so we're out there, and you know, my body's starting to change because I'm getting more muscular, and so this is a good thing, and we're having lots of fun, and it was a good way. We just we'd spend a lot of time talking when Tony wasn't hiking, um, you know, half a mile ahead of me, which was something we had to work on. He eventually got to the point after about a year where he would hike behind me so that he wouldn't mm-hmm. be so far up the trail. That was a learning curve for us because I'd get really um, cranky <laughs> that he would be so far ahead resting, waiting for me to catch up. I'd get there and he's ready to go and I'm still like, <sighs> can I just take a breather, please? Yeah, we, we had some um, adjustments that we had to make, but I really enjoyed what was happening with my body in terms of getting more fit. And then, you know, we moved to Spokane, Washington. We've got winter. Um, I get pregnant. I spend the next couple of years, you know, pregnant or nursing, you know, not doing a lot of physical activity. And so it was about two years ago that I started taking Taekwondo Mm -hmm. and really, um, really just got involved with it. You know, for the first year or so that I did it, it was just, it was a really good fit for me at the time and could not believe how much stronger, how much more fit I was getting from taking this class just twice a week. Right. And I mean, you're getting leaner. You, you, you shed it. Actually, you had gained some weight because you were already too thin. So yeah. you actually had a, you actually gained some muscle mass. Right. And which, which actually helped out with your stamina and your endurance. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was one of those in things, and out of bed. <laughs> nice plug there, honey. You're welcome. Um, but it's true. Like as I started to be more confident with who I was physically, that totally transferred over to how I related to Tony. Right. Because the better I felt about my body being more fit, um, Tony's right. I after both kids, I kind of went into this hypermetabolic state where I lost excessive amounts of weight and couldn't put weight on mm-hmm. until about a year or so after well, actually it was about three years after i mean it was it was pretty bad i mean it was it was something we had to deal with at least it was down to 107 pounds mm-hmm. so for a five seven five eight frame I, yeah it wasn't it wasn't good it was so bad that i was having people tell me they were cutting me out of pictures because i looked so emaciated um, yeah 
It, you know, it was bad. It was bad. And I mean, in, in, in all honesty, uh, sexually, it was sort of gross, too, because it was just like skin, skin on bones. bones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And but that had nothing to do with exercise because you weren't even exercising. No, it was, just, it was just a weird metabolism thing. But yeah. as I started to do the Taekwondo and I was putting this muscle mass on and getting more fit, feeling better about myself, all of a sudden I felt more, I felt more attractive. Mm-hmm. And I think I acted more attractive. Um, and so it was one of those things where I started to realize that, you know what, if I put the effort forth, I'm going to, and this is all about me, I'm going to feel better about myself, which directly impacts how I relate to my husband. Right. So ladies, I'm going to speak to you because Tony's going to talk to the guys. I am. You, are you saying that as a question or are you saying that as a statement? <laughs> well, all I, all I, I can only speak to the women. Just yes. saying that if oh, yeah. you don't, if you don't feel attractive to your husband because you're out of shape or you just don't feel attractive and it's, it's a physical thing that you can get up and exercise more. You can get up and take a walk around the block once a day. You have the power to change. I'm not talking, you know, there's a medical issue. Right. I'm talking, there's a <laughs> desire to change to change issue yeah. and i mean and and out of this has come uh, my buddy dustin and i started fit marriage right i mean this this uh, this all came out of this because we're for those of you who don't know dustin he does engage marriage.com great guy fantastic writer love his stuff uh and we were talking about how he and i have met so many wonderful folks but one thing we're realizing more and more that Many of you are like us. We're busy married couples and we have kids and we got jobs and we got businesses. And the last thing on our list is our health. And if we don't have our health, we can't expect to live a long, prosperous life that God wants us to lead. Right. And so Dustin and I started developing Fit Marriage, which is, you know, 30 minute hardcore workouts. I mean, we have a full program that's 12 weeks long and you, you build from phase to phase, but it's something that you can do so you can start shedding the weight, trimming the inches off, off the waist, making you feel better. And it's one of those things that you can do with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And right now we got a test group going and they're having a blast. I mean, people are losing weight. They're doing exactly what Elisa saying, both men and women, husband and wives are they're, they're, they're losing the weight. They're having a good time. They're feeling better. And as we continue to work with them, we just see how it's just starting to transform how they interact with their spouses. And, and it's really cool to, to see that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's something that I'm, I've been in love with for, for years and years. Well, and I think it's important too that both spouses put a value on their, their physical well-being, mm-hmm. um, because let's face it, you want your spouse to be around for as long as possible, <laughs> and part of that is is being physical. You know, we right. have this body; we need to use it. We spend so much time now. Most of us, I mean, Tony's the exception because of what he does, but most people spend a lot of time sitting in front of a computer, going home, sitting in front of a TV. And so there are parts of our bodies that just don't get used like they're, 
supposed to or like they used to. Right. And so if you take 30 minutes together, you know, a few times a week to go go for a walk around the block or you say, you know what, we're going to go hike on Saturday together or we're going to take a bike ride or we're going to go canoeing or swimming, whatever it is that you guys like to do. And hear me out here. You don't necessarily have to do it together. It's one thing to do it together. But one of the things we talk about in this chapter is that part of being physical and keeping yourself in good shape is that you you might not necessarily like all the same things. Right. So if there's, I mean, like Tony, I don't, I mean, Tony would never do Taekwondo. No. I, I mean, I just, I mean, I won't say never, but I can't ever see you doing it. No. No. But he encouraged me to do it because he saw the benefits of it. Right. Um, I no longer do it because life has changed, but. I mean, but we're doing the fit marriage stuff. We're doing stuff the fit together. marriage stuff. I mean, again, it's not, it's not every single session, but we're, we're doing it. Um, just physical fitness as a whole is a priority to us Mm -hmm. and to get in 30 minutes you know three times a week which is what our what the fit marriage plan is is to me a a, at minimum Mm -hmm. a minimum tony's got our daughter learning how to do you know the tree pose and yoga and downward dog and sun salutation she gets she's so cute she gets right in there and she's like i can do it better than you dad and she did the side plank today and i was she just stuck it and held it and held it and held it a little longer yeah so and the the big thing is to find something that you guys can do together even if it's once a week once every couple of weeks but find an activity that you truly enjoy find an activity that you're so passionate about you just enjoy doing it and you're able to share it with your spouse again you got to make sure it works within your family dynamics uh cycling i've talked about before is a huge part of who i am and what i do when it comes to physical activity and it's something that we've made work in our family and elisa is i do not cycle does not cycle but (laughs) elisa is very um supportive of my cycling endeavors but it's one of those things when we're talking if there's too much going on i will shorten my rides i have been known to get up at 5 a.m to get on my bike to go do a two-hour bike ride just so i can get it in before everybody is awake in the winter months i'll be in the garage on my trainer so you have to make some concessions too if you're the person who is i guess overt well and and physical fitness we've we've had to negotiate this right and we've you know because there have been times in our marriage where um tony's been incredibly over the top overzealous about his bicycle riding and while i appreciate it on a number of levels one i know it's an incredible mental release for him i know it keeps him in the phenomenal shape that he's in um which you know, little vanity here. I like the fact that my husband is in great shape. And I look hot. <laughs> as he tells me every time <laughs> he comes back from a bike ride or puts on his sunglasses or, you know, no ego problems on that side of the microphone. Well, in cycling though, it, you, you do say that, but cycling has become part of my, my ministry. I mean, I'm out right. there with a bunch of guys and I, I do talk about life and it's one of my areas where I can share God's love. And so I, you know, I think that's one of those things, but however you guys work your recreational intimacy, keep in mind, it's got to work within the confines of your marriage. It should never be to the detriment of your marriage. And if it does, you'll, you'll, you'll learn. 
because we've been there too. We've we've learned that the hard way. Absolutely. Re- read the, pick up the book. Read the book. <laughs> it's in there. It's in there. Chapter nine. Uh, moving on to chapter ten. Dress it up. And this is a physical intimacy chapter. And this, this is this is looking good. This is this is taking the time to put together. You know whether it's okay. A, so th- th- okay. Set the, Sorry. Set the stage. So this is it. We we've talked about take the lead. We've talked about calendar. Now we're going to use those in the context of a date night. You've taken the lead, husband. You've taken the lead. Um, you've calendared it. You know what day it's on. Now it's the next step, which is the dress it up part of it. You are going to go on that date night. And instead of putting on your shorts and your t-shirt, and when I say that, I'm looking directly at myself because that's the way Tony dresses up in San Diego, Southern California kid, most of the time, um, it's time to dress it up. It's time to go on out to Kohl's or somewhere nice, go to Macy's, go wherever you can go. I tend to go to Kohl's, works for me. Go buy yourself a nice pair of jeans. Go buy yourself a nice shirt. Go buy some shirt, some nice shoes. Dress up. Make look the best you can look for your spouse. I have to give a little backstory to Tony's uh, soapbox. For the first twelve years of our marriage, oh yeah, Tony had a pair of what your jeans? They were just like a regular like cargo style <laughs> pair of jeans or carpenter. I think they were the carpenter cause they had the little dealie for the hammer on the side. They're car hearts. No, they weren't car hearts. Those weren't the car. That hearts? wasn't until we moved to Washington. Okay. Um, and so he would typically wear that with like, what would you wear that with a, po- like an older polo shirt, maybe uh, on uh, date night, a, a t-shirt, maybe a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, this was what I had to look forward to on date night. It's and on the flip side, pretty damn sexy, huh? yeah so on the flip side i wasn't you know gotta think for the last seven years i've had little ones in the house um so typically my shirts have some kid remnant on them crumbs wiped noses wiped faces art projects something along those lines Lines, yeah and that's often how i would greet tony at the end of the day (laughs) Mm -hmm. picture of loveliness yeah and don't get me wrong those of you that are in those young stages of mothering, that's sometimes just the way it happens when he gets home from work. Um, but a couple of years ago, coincidentally, as we were going through our 60 days of sex, I, we started to get into the show, What Not to Wear. Love it. And I actually picked up um, Stacy and Clinton's book. They have a book that we, um, I got to find it here in the chapter. But Yeah, what's it called? It yeah. is called Dress Your Best. Dress Your Best. And this was such an easy read because you go through, you find your what your body shape is, is. and then they basically tell you, here's what's going to look good on you. And right. I'm like, oh, I don't have to read all 200 pages. I can just, okay, this is what my body looks like. This is what I should get. This is what I should be wearing. Boom. And, and it was helpful for me too, because I think that was one of my biggest problems was, oh, what do I wear? I don't know. I mean, I see some guys, man, they come out looking really good. I'm like, damn. And well, I just could, I just can never pull that together. And I think that's, that's the problem or that's the issue or concern that a lot of people have is that, you know, you see these models, you see, you know, the mannequins in the store and you're like, well, how do I pull that off? Or should I even be wearing that? Does that even work for my body? And so I appreciated having that guide to say, you know what? Start here. Right. 
start here. And it was really interesting because as I started to say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, maybe put on a clean. And I started with, I'm just going to put on a clean t-shirt before Tony gets home. You know, right. nothing crazy, but we're just going to get the crumbs off so that when the first t- time he sees me, when he comes home at the end of the day, I don't look completely worn out. Even if I am, at least I look good for him. And then that started going to, okay, you know what? I'm going to lose the t-shirt and I'm going to start wearing skirts more often or dresses more often or nicer jeans. I'm not going to be in my old comfy mommy jeans. I'm going to get some that are a little more stylish, a little more flattering. And again, for those of you out there, they're like, oh, well, you know, if you have all kinds of money, um, no (laughs) little note about Elisa, she loves thrift stores and consignment shops. So I don't Mm -hmm. pay full price. And if it does, and if it doesn't fit, Elisa will get it for dirt cheap, and then she'll take it to our alternator, or not our <laughs> alternator, our <laughs> Cam. Okay. She does sewing and alterations. Alterations, lady, and, and Cam will pull that thing in for. Because I know what I can, I know what Cam's capable of, and so I'll buy things that might be a little bit longer than I need, or a little bit bigger in the waist, and say, you know what, Cam can fix this. Cam can fix anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cam does a great job. So that's what you really need to find. Yes. And I would definitely recommend finding a good seamstress to be able to handle that kind of stuff. But you, you start taking this, you know, you, baby steps. Right. Get rid of the ratty t-shirts. You know, start finding clothes that suit your style. And this is super critical on date night that you go out and you're, you know, you're dating your spouse. When you were dating in the beginning, you probably like, I know most women, um, I know on our first date, the girl spent two hours getting me dressed and makeup and hair. Um, you invested that time yeah. to look phenomenal for your date. You're like, oh, I'm going out with her. I got to, you know, and I'm going out with him. I got to let, you know, hair and makeup and the clothes. Well, just because it's been a few years of marriage doesn't mean that they wouldn't love to see you again looking like that again. And it's possible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require a lot of money. It requires a little bit of effort. But once you start getting into the hang of it, I mean, I've had moms at school are like, why are you dressed up? And, you know, it's like I was wearing a dress last week and somebody's like, why do you look so nice today? And I said, I'm going to the dentist. <laughs> and it was just this look like, really? You get that dressed up? To, uh, uh, well, yeah. Sure. You know, I've now made it a part of just who I am. Right. And it, I like it because I feel good. At, you know, it's it's really First and foremost, for me, I like the way I feel when I spend the time to look good. Number two, it's for Tony. You know, I like the way his eyes light up when I'm dressed in something that he likes. I can tell when I put a little time into it and he's like, oh, I like that shirt or, you know, I like the way those jeans hug your bottom or whatever it is. And so I started doing this and a completely unexpected byproduct of me investing in myself was that this guy who I think probably in the first 12 years went shopping for clothes, maybe once, maybe twice. Sure. I didn't go go much, babe. Yeah. I mean, it was less than a handful in the first 12 years actually went out on his own to the store to buy clothes. Right. Well, again, the book, the book by, Stacy and Clinton was a big help because I could find, okay, this is who I am. This is what I need to buy. Um, these are the, these are the shirts. This is the pants. If I put this sort of combo together, that works. So for me, it was just, it was very simple. 
the other side of it was that you were getting dressed up. You were looking very nice. And, and I felt like, you know what? It, it's time for me to grow up too. You know, I'm 35. I think at that point in time, I was 35 and I'm going, you know what? It, it's time to put on a nice pair of jeans. Go get a nice pair of black shoes. Okay. The reason you he know? brings up the jeans is because we have friends here in San Diego that up until, I guess it was last year or the year before, had never seen Tony in pants. Right. Because he wears shorts almost year round. Almost. If I can wear shorts, I'm wearing shorts. So, yeah. Especially for work. Well, yeah, but I mean, even to go out, you you tried to mm-hmm. lobby your brother to be able to wear, you know, shorts for his wedding. Right. Yeah, it didn't work. So it's made a difference even for me. And, and I can see how me getting dressed up has affected the way you look at me. Because I've seen, there have been many a times when we've gone out on date nights and you're just like, wow, you look good tonight. You know, and, and we're just, we're out there and we're just having a blast together. We feel confident about who we are and where we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the outwards appearance is just a little bit of the icing on the cake. It all comes from the inside. I know that, you know that, but it's just enough to just go, you know what? I'm out and I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to look good for my spouse. And it's not for anybody else. I think Elise and I will both say that we don't do this to attract others. No, I, we may get looks from others, but it is not the intent of why we're doing this. The intent for us to dress up is for each other. Right. And that that's a key mm-hmm. component there. Um, one of the things about getting dressed up too is go through your closet and I'm just going to throw this out there. If you've got stuff that you haven't worn six months, stuff that gone. doesn't fit, gone if, it, if it's not even remotely close that you're going gone. to fit into it again get it out of your closet gone you know what there's a rescue mission in your in your neighborhood or in your community there's a salvation army there's, there's a goodwill, goodwill. There, there's there's many organizations there are folks out there that don't have clothing that don't have shoes give it away give it away you know we we talked about serving our spouses many uh, episodes back. You know what? By just giving that stuff away is just by s- serving our community. Mm-hmm. You know? So sometimes the transformations that we go through can also bless others around us. And, and I'll tell you, sometimes those are some of the best things you can do. Just get rid of it. I mean, I, I just went through my closet and just looking at some t-shirts. Oh, this one has sentimental value or this and that, you know? It's just like, who cares? There's probably somebody out there who has a ratty t-shirt that I can give it away. Make Uh, make a care package. Well, I'm sitting here in the garage and I just went through my closet yesterday. I probably have 20 items hanging up out there that I pulled out. Things that Mm -hmm. haven't worn, probably not going to wear. Just don't need to hang on to them. You know, so it's been, uh, oh, we have to pick a winner. Oh, yeah. You're messing with my mic. Oh, sorry. (laughs) you there i'm here okay okay um you guys know that we've been doing this weekly challenge for um commenting giving us feedback we love hearing from you we still have um, a couple more weeks of gifts to give away and who's our winner this week so this week here's here's the email we received and uh, i'll give the name so hi tony and elisa i just want to let you know that my husband and i have been doing the 60 day challenge for two weeks now And we got this two days ago. So September 3rd, we got it. 
and we've only missed three days due to exhaustion. We know that. We've been there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> My husband is a teacher, high school football coach, and driver's ed instructor. He's a busy dude. And we have found game night to be the night days we are having difficulty with. One thing that I have found so great about the 60 days, part of it, and this is the part that, and this is what, what won them for this week, um, for the 60 days part of it, we never have to wonder, does he want to or does she want to? And we've talked about this extensively over the months and that we've been podcasting because we both just know it's a commitment we've made similar to the intimacy lifestyle. You make a commitment, you make it happen. We haven't taken the time to work on the other areas of intimacy, but we have a date night planned and a couple of nights and we are going to come up with a plan to do that. Thank you so much. And that is from Karen. So Karen, you are our weekly winner and we are just so excited for you and your husband. Mm -hmm. We just think it's fantastic that you're two weeks in, that you've missed three days. Um, We've been getting some other correspondence with them and it sounds like they are doing wonderful. So Karen, make it a point to get in touch with uh, Elisa or I, Elisa at... uh, Don't we have their address? Didn't they buy a book? Oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll email you. But you are our winner. I'll email you, get all your information and um oh they they gave us a, i was just gonna say yeah. they, you said they got a book all right i'm gonna email you let you know that you won and then we're gonna we're gonna send you a nice little prize package so for all of you out there who are excited about your marriages mm-hmm. that you are just ready to just set it on fire go for it do it this week make a commitment mm-hmm. do something don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Make it work. We want to hear your comments. We love it. I we mean, want your... Think about all of the things they've got going on right now. Driver's ed, football, high school teacher, uh, you know, uh, and they're still finding time. Make it happen. Th- there really are no excuses. We all go through our ups and downs, but make make your spouse your priority. You we want to hear your comments. Your feedback via Facebook, hit me up on uh, twitter.com backslash one on fire. Uh, Facebook, did I say that? Facebook, One Extraordinary Marriage fan page. You can do that on the fan page, our mm-hmm. blog. You know, you guys know how to get a hold of us. Do it. We love hearing from you guys. Have a fantastic and wonderful week. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Love you guys. 